0: Entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Here's Marty Wolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, which is a production of Business Builders Media. You can get all our shows and podcasts from more great podcasters at businessbuildersmedia.com, where we give entrepreneurs and business leaders the tools they need to have their voices heard. That's businessbuildersmedia.com. My guest today with me is Jamie Schmidt. Hi, Jamie. How are you today?
1: hi marty i'm great
0: this is going to be a fun one i think you really fit the show for entrepreneurs business owners and business leaders this is truly a good fit we're going to be talking about jamie's book today and some other things that she's working on so i want you to stay you'll really need to stay to the very end because i got some neat stuff at the very end but her book is supermaker crafting business on your own terms so that is the book but let me allow me to introduce Jamie Schmidt she is an entrepreneur who founded Schmidt's Naturals in her Portland Oregon kitchen in 2010 and led the company to acquisition by Unilever in December 2017 wow that was fast since then Jamie has launched the progressive platform supermaker and the inclusive investment fund color and she continues to support the international expansion of Schmidt's. Jamie has been recognized by Ernst & Young's Pacific Northwest Entrepreneur of the Year, Inc.'s Female Founders 100, and twice by Goldman Sachs 100 Most Intriguing Entrepreneurs. Again, Jamie Schmidt is our guest. Her book is Supermaker, Crafting Business on Your Own Terms. Jamie, an interesting entrepreneurial journey. Um, apparently, you felt the need to uh, write a book about it. So tell me, why did you write the book? What's it about?
1: Yeah, thanks, Marty. Well, the book is all about my experience starting and growing a business. Um, and the, the the beginning days were really um you know very very kind of unique and stuff are actually not unique there i'd say it's relatable in the sense that a lot of us have, have gone through this or might be going through it right now um, i was not out to start a business i was basically on a soul-searching journey trying to find um, satisfaction and fulfillment in my work and where i landed was making natural personal care products um, so my story is one you know, that started as an art um, i was a creator i was a maker here in portland and um, kind of stumbled into business. And I, I think a lot of people, um, you know, kind of underestimate the potential of that. Um, but it, it, it was a really powerful journey and one that that proved to be successful for me. Um, so I started, you know, selling at farmer's markets here in Portland. Uh, people were eager to try the natural deodorant because most of the Brands that were on the market at the time just were failing. They had a reputation for not being effective. Um, so they were interested in something new. My product looked different. It smelled amazing. And so customers um, were quick to, to try it. And they loved it. And once, mm-hmm. I, once I started getting the feedback, I recognized there was a serious business potential in what I was doing.
0: So let's make sure people understand what makers are. So you mm-hmm. said you start, you basically started in your kitchen. Am I correct? Yes. So let's really define makers for everybody. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah, me your definition. I,
1: you know, I, I think of it as just a, a creator, somebody who makes something or produces something with their hands um, and not always out to monetize it. Um, mm. so, you know, for some, it's a side hustle. It's just a, a way of, um, you know, expressing themselves or finding fulfillment. And um, sometimes, you know, we we do turn these hobbies into businesses and some of these are the most successful businesses because there's so much passion behind the, the product. Um, another interesting um point is that a lot of these brands that that do start as makers brand often um will have in-house manufacturing right where a lot of other times you know when we have a business concept we go looking for a co-packer or a contract manufacturer because we have no interest in making the product ourselves but you know these maker born brands like mine like schmidt's um you know with the the progression of of making was so natural that you find yourself you know scaling into this huge manufacturing uh which, um, yeah, my book goes deep into all of that. And you know what that really looked like from starting with, you know, 20 deodorants on my stovetop to batch sizes of 50,000 in this huge warehouse.
0: Yeah. Well, while you were saying, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I deal with a lot of startup companies and, um, so maybe it's a little early to ask this, but since you kind of teed it up, um, So when makers get to the point where, you know, they were making 20 in their kitchen, now there's a demand for 50, now there's a demand for Mm -hmm. 1,000, et cetera, as you go on. Um, I think that's some of the challenges that people have to consider. It's like, when do you take on investors? Do you take on investors? How do you find a manufacturer? How do you find distribution? So Mm -hmm. that's a loaded question. Do the best you can to answer that (laughs) in some order, Jamie, I know.
1: I'd say buy the book. No, but- (laughs) Buy the book,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) My advice is always don't look too far ahead because you can get uh, you know extremely overwhelmed because like you say, there's so many factors to consider. And, you know, a lot of times when we start businesses like I did, we don't have, we don't have the experience. We haven't worked in those you know, settings. And so we're just learning as we go. And um, so really just like taking a day at a time and responding to the demand in the moment. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a hustle and it's, there's it's, it's scary. And there's, you have to have a high risk tolerance, I think, to be able to just allow yeah. yourself to kind of flow with the business and, you know, Mm -hmm. Really, a business plan was not much in my thinking because I just didn't really have the time for it. And the the business began so organically that it just sort of, you know, took off without the need to really plan out, um, you know, too much. detail.
0: Well, that was my next question. (laughs) Did you have a business plan when you started? (laughs) And what's your recommendation (laughs) regarding business plans? So you said, no, you were kind of going. Uh, doing things. You were out there in the market. You were selling products. You were sampling. You were doing all this kinds of stuff. And you bootstrapped your business, at least for the first few years and months, uh, mm-hmm. months and years, rather, correct? So um, did there come a time when you needed a business plan?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, you know, as the business became more sophisticated, there were certainly needs for things like budgets and, um, you know, staffing plans and such. Um, so it, it became a critical piece of, um, you know, running a successful business. But, Um, I am thankful that I didn't slow myself down in those earliest years because I think a lot of new entrepreneurs really do get hung up on like trying to perfect this plan before they go to market. And then meanwhile, this competitor is coming up and, you know, just blowing past them because they're spending so much time just getting stuck in the, in the weeds. Um, I did, I did bootstart my business or bootstart bootstrap my business. Um, it wasn't ever in my thinking to bring on investors because one, um, I just wasn't interested in having kind of outside, you know, influence or, or perspectives. It was, you know, my brand and I knew what I wanted for it. Um, and, then, and then secondly, um, I was just able to, to keep funding it in a way that was sustainable. So the way I could do that was uh, first, I had a couple of side hustles that were really relevant to the work I was doing with Schmidt. So for example, I was making private label natural products for local spas um, that was able to um, supply the seed money for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, a couple of years in I really took the the D to C direct to consumer strategy seriously. And that money, you know, we were able to put right back into the business immediately, and that could really help um sustain operations going forward. So it was tight. It was certainly very, very tight always. Um, I think the biggest, you know, the the moment that was the hardest was in 2017 when Schmidt's um launched in mass, you know, we're talking Target, Walmart, Costco, all within months of each other. So we had so much capital tied up on, in inventory that was sitting on shelves, mm-hmm. but, and those retailers generally don't pay you know for months. So that was that was that was the scariest moment, and we knew mm-hmm. we needed something. <laughs> so that, but timing was good, and the Unilever came into the picture, and we were able to. Yeah. That. yeah,
0: You went through a period where you were trying all different kinds of products, and I did read the book, by the way. So, oh, um, so, so eventually. You narrowed, narrowed it down to one specific product, and I guess you added on later, but mm-hmm. t- talk to me about that process, and, and you ended up with deodorant, am I correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, All so right. when, I, when I first started the business, I, I was making several things. I had shampoos, conditioners, soaps, and mostly because I just enjoyed it, and I was using the products myself, um, but I did understand, you know, once I took the business um, seriously and understood its real potential, that I had to do one thing and do it really well. Um, it's it's really hard to to take a bunch of products to the market. It's confusing the customers. Retailers are overwhelmed. Um, but if you have one thing that really stands out that you're doing differently, then you have a better chance of of really you know making your way in in that market.
0: The experience of going through all that though helped you decide that deodorant was the right product. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, that's true. I there was a real need in the industry, and this was a personal frustration that I had. I you know I was pregnant at the time I started my business. So I was looking for natural deodorants, you know, that I felt comfortable putting on my skin, um, but they just, they weren't working. And I quickly understood that this was a frustration amongst many people. Um, so there was a, there was a real opportunity there that just hadn't been pursued yet, but now they you know, there are hundreds of natural deodorant brands coming up. And, right. and I, I really do think Schmidt's, you know, paved the way for that.
0: You are the pioneer. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. So my guest is Jamie Schmidt. Her book is Supermaker, Creating Business on Your Own Terms. Jamie, how do you want people to connect with you? Websites, uh, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be talking later about Supermaker and color, but how do you want people to connect with you and follow you?
1: I think the best way to get in touch is through Twitter. Um, I'm pretty active in DMs and I'd like to, to meet new people in there. And that's just my name, Jamie Schmidt. Jamie spelled J-A-I-M-E.
0: And Schmidt is S-C-H-M-I-D-T. Okay. So you had a family business right from the very start. Talk to me about your husband and your son. Yeah. They part of them played an important role, right?
1: It's true. I don't think my business would be here if it weren't for my son. You know, like I said, I was pregnant. I wanted healthy products. So he was the true inspiration behind the brand. Um, and my husband, Chris, you know, he's Clearly, you know, been there from day one and was helping out in, in different ways. Um, he came on full time um, about three and a half, four years into the business, and then he really took on the marketing and communications piece. Um, yeah. But before that, I had him running a bunch of errands for me, <laughs> making websites, picking up raw materials, and things. So, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and Oliver did a lot of delivering. I understand.
1: Yes, Oliver was there <laughs> with me. He, you know, he was a, he was an infant, and I would take him into the stores with me and your um, product but nobody hates on a cute baby right it was <laughs> I considered him a selling point at the farmer's market yeah
0: <laughs> he was part of your marketing strategy exactly. have a cute yeah. baby there
1: yep.
0: <laughs> that, and that worked out well all right so uh you mentioned one time a uh, little a uh, little bit of terror entered your life when there was so much inventory um mm-hmm. what 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 are or two other key challenges. I mean, I listened to some of your video. Uh, I listened to all of your video. I'm been so what are one or two key challenges that you experienced from 2000 uh, those seven years that you're going through the journey. I think. I mean, there's a bunch of them. I suppose yeah, I one okay. or two. <laughs> there's a lot.
1: I think you know, just generally, like demand planning is so challenging when you're growing so fast. You know, yeah. it's just impossible, and that poses a lot of a lot of hardships so for example space planning right if you don't know what your demand is going to be it's hard to know how much space you're going to need um and also raw materials like how you know how many deodorants should i be making to to really you know be in a position where i can turn around orders quickly and so just all that planning is just it's, it's hard and there's really no magic recipe or right. yeah, uh, yeah. you know a, a way to, to manage it you just got go with the flow um, how about
0: how about managing the numbers um yeah. through all of that that's usually a challenge and sometimes people get in a little trouble by not managing the numbers well was that a challenge to you too and the accounting and bookkeeping and yeah, all that kind unsexy. of stuff
1: that's the you know unsexy parts of business that a lot of unsexy us yeah <laughs> we don't really want to yeah. put our time and attention to but it's so important so you probably read in my book that i you know i did have some messy accounting for the first few years i was mixing Um, personal and business expenses. And just, it just got, it just got kind of rough. So once I understood, you know, like I have to take this seriously we, you know, there's a day that my business might be acquired or, um, you know, I might need to really present these clean books someday. So I hired an accountant and cleaned it up and it took a while, but it was worth it.
0: Uh, it's part of the journey, <laughs> everybody. Everybody's listening. Read the book. It's part of the journey. You're not going to know everything. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Stuff's going to happen, but you got to just keep going, right, Jamie? Yeah, so, su- success. Maybe we can talk about this. Uh, in 2014, you went on Fox News. I understand that was uh, pretty oh, yeah. pivotal for you, huh?
1: You know, I completely underestimated the reach and like the response that I would get from that, and I, I just went on there like it was any other day, and then you know, came back to Portland. And uh once that, that clip aired, I, it was a um, huge turning point for the business. I mean, I had orders just like flowing in, in the middle of the show and I was not prepared. That was <laughs> just, uh, But it was, it was amazing, you know, to think like, wow, these people that have never heard of me are wanting to buy my product because they saw me on the news and, you know, Fox News of all places. And which was really a telling moment that like, the world was ready for, for natural products. Right. And it's becoming more of a, it was a mainstream interest, you know, it was, things were shifting and uh, it was cool to be there. Yeah.
0: yeah. It took courage to go there. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It took courage for a bunch of reasons. And you didn't think you did so well, did you?
1: No, I did not. I were <laughs> feeling great, you know, and, um, and then <laughs> I, 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 <I've>, I <laughs> progressed a lot since then. And, you know, I have done so much public speaking that I feel sure. that I've gotten, you know, a handle on, on things, but. But yeah it was yeah. stressful
0: you sound good you sound <laughs> Thank terrific <you>. so <laughs> you tell us in the book and the other things i've seen about you you say this say yes now then figure out how
1: yeah we'll go a little deeper yeah. on that yeah you know i think that was the only way i was able to stay sane in my business um was just because it's hard to know you know what opportunities to pursue which ones to turn down um, so I chose to pretty much say yes to everything. And then I knew that I'd find a way, um, you know, as the business grows, you have to be a little more selective, but in those early days, it was so key. Um, mm-hmm. you know, your, your competitors are saying no, cause they're overwhelmed. And you're so there's your opportunity, you know, to take on something that other people are, are not.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be courageous. You got to step out there and uh, again, yeah, say yes now, then yeah. figure out how Jamie, you use Etsy. And um, you also talked a little bit about Amazon in the book. Give me your thoughts on Etsy and Amazon.
1: Etsy was great uh, for those earliest days. I think, you know, when you're in that artist kind of maker phase, I think um, it's it's a good way to to get a lot of traction. Um, I think there's a limit there. You know, you're not going to probably become famous through Etsy. But Amazon was just a... It was it was essential i think I, I denied it for a while i didn't want to get into it because i knew there's a lot of work and a lot of things to manage and keep up um but once my retailers started selling my product on there i felt like i had to you know compete mm-hmm. really um th- it was a huge revenue stream for us it ended up being you know, a major source of income and still is mm-hmm. um but i know a lot of brands choose not to and i respect that but i think um you know for us it made sense our goal was always to make our product as widely available to as many people as possible and amazon was a really great channel for that
0: it was a little uh challenging though to get through it right and i've heard that repeatedly but in most cases it's worth it. you just have to kind of muddle through it so here it is it's it's 2017 and holy moly unilever <laughs> comes walking in the door holy moly it's only seven years you've been in business and they want to buy your business. Um that had to be fun yet stressful. Here's what I want to ask you. What was the emotional um uh, maybe roller coaster as you went through that acquisition?
1: Yeah. There were there are a lot of emotions. I mean, first and foremost, I kind of just had to like check in with myself and and understand like, you know, is this really happening? Like how did I get here? Like 7 years just flew. Um, but I, you know, I was proud and I was excited that, you know, I had created something that caught the interest of this huge conglomerate, yeah. but, you know, Schmitz had become such a part of my personal identity and my everyday life and just, you know, my families, And, um, so that was, that was difficult for me to understand, you know, what does this mean after the acquisition? Like how, you know, who am I after this and what's my purpose now? Um, but fortunately, you know, I was able to come to an agreement with Unilever. That felt great for both sides. You know, I could stay involved, but also not be you know, bogged down by some of the operational stresses. Um, and also, I, it was a great chance for me to do more and to reach more entrepreneurs. And that's what I'm doing now through my other entities and, and my book.
0: Well, Jamie Schmidt, let's talk about what you're doing now. I do want to talk about an article you wrote uh, regarding COVID-19 and getting through all that, but mm-hmm. again, you teed, you teed up my next thought. And what are you doing now? Tell me, what is Supermaker? What's that all about?
1: Yeah, that's a media company that I started with my husband, Chris. Uh, we really just wanted to be a resource for early stage entrepreneurs um, and creators and you know, publish articles that would be helpful and relevant and also feature other entrepreneurs who maybe aren't having their story told in the more traditional business outlets
0: Mm -hmm. and you find that at supermaker.com correct Mm -hmm. correct so one of the articles that was in supermaker.com the headline says running a business means means being well versed in the art of problem solving and planning and its first sentence says the COVID 19 crisis has left all of us in uncharted territory, but founders and entrepreneurs are agile and resilient. Taking steps now will help position your business to thrive in the future. Mm. One of the things you talk about is take a hard look at numbers. Now, again, here it is. We're in the middle of this pandemic. Um, So first suggestion you make is take a hard look at the numbers. Tell me why that's important.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know, we started this year with predictions and budgets and forecasts then that, you know, are, are no longer relevant. I think we have to be realistic and understand that those need to change. Um, you know, not necessarily a bad, terrible thing. There's ways that we can um, you know, still reach some of these goals that we have, but I think it's just, you know, being realistic and saying, Okay, what does this mean for me now in my business?
0: Yeah. Well, what's important to you? What's your why? What do you want to do? And and quite frankly, this is often, uh, we've read the books and we've studied things. There's probably articles on Supermaker that says, opportunities are out there but if you get stuck in that business plan <laughs> you may not be ready to move well now that was me saying that not 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 jamie so in case anybody don't holler at jamie for that comment um the next point you hear is update your supply chain and product roadmap tell me more
1: yeah, so there's no secret that supply chains are disrupted right now during COVID and we need to plan for that. And this is something that I preach consistently, you know, even when we're not going through a global pandemic. It's important to have backup suppliers. Uh, things go wrong and things get held up and you know, we, we miss out on creating products and selling them when we don't have the proper um, materials. And so this is something that's important regardless. Uh, in regards to the, the product roadmap, I think it's important for companies to look now at their offerings or what's coming up down the line and see if it's still relevant. What a yeah. customer what a customers need right now. Some of their their tastes are changing or their priorities, yeah. right? And so maybe that means um, products that are a little more, um, I guess I'm, I'm looking for the right word, useful or um, practical, um, right? Yeah. Right? yeah
0: well it could be unfortunately it's a terrible way to, to change your strategies your planning but uh for a lot of companies it actually may be a good time to refresh to uh, start anew to yep. take a different uh, take a different direction it's it's you know the optimist to look at it differently so how important is uh, communication or transparency a transparent communication strategy in these times how important is that
1: i think it's it's very important right now um with with customers because you know we're all i think the point is we're we're human we're running businesses we're up against this crazy pandemic that nobody was prepared for and so just being open with our customers about you know the challenges that we're facing And asking, you know, what they need and just really having an open dialogue, I think is good for both sides.
0: It is good for all sides. Relationships, Mm -hmm. transparent communication. My guest is Jamie Schmidt. Her book that you must buy uh, as fast as possible is Supermaker, Crafting Business on Your Own Terms. Uh, Jamie, do you want to tell us about color? What's that about?
1: Yeah, Color is my investment fund. Um, also started with my husband, Chris. Um, this is our way to invest in other brands that we believe in. Uh, we're mostly interested in consumer products because that's where our experience and expertise is. Um, and we have a focus on um, underrepresented entrepreneurs, so women, people of color, who just don't always have access to the funding. And so we're looking to sort of help level the playing field there.
0: Is that website color.capital? Am I right there? Yep, that's right. Col- color. Uh The other site that we want you to take a look at, in addition to buying the book, is supermaker.com. Great, 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 outstanding um, uh, website. Just just looks fantastic. Okay, we're going to wrap up this way, Jamie, with your permission. Uh, two things. Uh, is there something that you want to tell us uh, that I didn't ask you about? And then I'd like for you to say, tell me. It's five years from now. What's things going to look like for, for Jamie Schmidt? Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at next week when my book comes out.
0: <laughs> Forget the business plan. We'll go. We do. don't look
1: too far ahead, Marty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you mind. Know, I hope to still continue having impact and um, being a resource for entrepreneurs. And there's, I do have a lot of ideas and stuff that I'm excited about. I've had people ask me if I have plans to make a movie about my journey. So you never know.
0: Wow. Yeah. Jeepers and we want to stay connected to you might be a movie star you're an author you're a success Unilever bought you man I'm telling you this is good stuff hey Jamie Schmidt been our guest what fun what value supermaker is her book supermaker.com is a website color.capital is another website you can find Jamie Schmidt on twitter and just about everywhere else you just uh, google that name so Jamie thank you so much for being a guest on the business builder show
1: Thank you, Marty. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Find all our shows and many other great podcasts at businessbuildersmedia.com. That's businessbuildersmedia.com.